I want you to take your Bibles, if you will, and turn to Genesis chapter 19. We are going to carry on with our series today entitled Finding Victory in a Failing World. And, uh, and specifically this morning, I want to talk to you about this subject, Lot's Second Chance. Lot's Second Chance. Now, I was coming down the road yesterday. I was heading to the funeral here that we had yesterday. And I was just uh, coming down the interstate, and I was meditating uh, on the messages, and I was thinking about today, and uh, was just going over this message in my mind. And honestly, this is the thought that the, that the Holy Spirit gave me. This book that you have in your hand or your lap right now, in a lot of ways, Scripture really is like a bank. And by that I mean this. There, how many know that there are places in this book where you can go and you can just make a withdrawal. I mean, you can just go to that bank and you can just make a withdrawal uh, anytime you need it. Uh, it's uh, Psalm 23. Well, that's a good place to make a withdrawal. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not walk. We, we, uh, you know, we uh, often, when we're doing a funeral, we go there and we make a withdrawal. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It talks about in the twinkling of an eye. I thought, man, that's a, that's a place we often make a withdrawal. Um, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, uh, where the Bible talks about the rapture of the church. That's a place we often make a withdrawal. Revelation chapter 21, we withdrew uh, from that yesterday for the service. And, and, and there are numerous places throughout the Word of God. It's like a bank. You can just go up. Man, you can just, uh, uh, spiritually speaking, you can pull up to the window and you can say, Lord, I'd like to make a withdrawal. And the Lord says, yes, sir, here you go. And, and you can do that. But then there are, there are other places in the Word of God that are more like buried treasure where you can't necessarily pull up to the window and withdraw. you got to dig a little bit. But as you dig, man, all of a sudden you find that you have just found some buried treasure. Well, I think that's where we are today. I think we have uncovered some buried treasure, and I want to try to share that with you today if I could. And so, uh, Genesis chapter 19 in your Bibles, when you find your place, if you're able to stand, let's all stand uh, out of respect for the reading of the Word of God. Genesis 19 and verse number 16, honestly, church, what, what, a, what an important message, and um, number one, I'm, I am inadequate to stand up here and preach before you today. Uh, and uh, so I cover your prayers today. I want you to pray. And I've, did, I've tried to walk with the Lord this week, and I've tried to walk closely to the Lord and make sure that I spend time with Him. But boy, I cover your prayers today. I need your prayer. And uh, I, I know this, that this message that I'm going to give you is way too important for us to miss it today. And, uh, and so I also know this service is not dependent upon me. It's dependent upon Him. And so, but let's pray that God would really open our hearts and give us understanding today. Genesis 19 and verse number 16. And even this morning, going through the message, just studying and getting ready. The message is already prepared before this morning. But this morning, just going back through the message and getting ready to preach for you. And the Lord showed me some things this morning I have never noticed. And I want to share those things with you today. Verse 16. The Bible says, and while he, talking about Lot, and while he lingered. Now, if you were in the service last Sunday night, you know why he lingered, don't you? We preached on why Lot's wife looked back. 
Now, we believe that Lot had children, and not just children. We believe, according to the Word of God, Lot had grandchildren in Sodom. And so it's a natural, it's, it's a natural response that Lot is lingering because his, all of his kids are not there. And all of his grandkids are not there. And so he's lingering. He's procrastinating. doesn't want to leave. He's hoping they'll show up. Verse 16, and while he lingered, the men, talking about the angels, the men laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him, and they brought him forth and set him without the city. And it came to pass when they had brought them forth abroad that he said, talking about the angel, that he said, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. And Lot said unto them, Oh, not so, my Lord. Behold, now thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life, and I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil take me and I die. Behold, now this city is near to flee unto, and it's a little one. Oh, let me escape thither. Is it not a little one? My soul shall live. And he said unto him, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing also, that I will not overthrow this city for the which thou hast spoken. Haste thee, escape thither, for I cannot do anything till thou become thither. Therefore the name of the city was called Zoar. Now if you like to mark your Bibles up, and I do like to mark mine up occasionally, I want you to underline that phrase, Therefore the name of the city was called Zoar. Verse 23 says, The sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zoar. Now, I'm really interested today in verse 17. Look back there with me, if you will. Verse 17, And it came to pass, when they, the angels, had brought them forth abroad, that he said, notice the admonition to Lot and his family. What's the first word? Escape. Escape. Uh, what's that mean, preacher? It means you better get out of Dodge while you've got an opportunity. Run for your life. That's what he's saying. Escape for thy life. We notice there's a semicolon there. Look not behind thee. Neither stay thou in all the plain. Notice these, this last two phrases. Escape to the mountain. Lest thou be consumed. And I want to talk to you just a few minutes this morning on Lot's second chance. Lot's second chance. You may be seated this morning. Let me pray and we'll jump into the Bible study quickly and I don't think we'll keep you long today. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your blessings and thank you for the privilege of being here today. Thank you for all the music. Lord, thank you for the special that Brother Mike just sang goes perfectly with the message today. It really does. And it's amazing how, how you correlate a service. And Father, we thank you for your blessings. I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, as Brother Brandon has already prayed, I pray again. I echo those words again. Holy Spirit, we plead the blood of Jesus over the service. Father, I know that Satan would love to 
distract and detract and take away from the service today. He doesn't want us to receive truth because we know that our Lord has said that it is the truth that will make us free. And so, Father, I pray that you would accomplish your perfect will. I pray that you'd bind the powers of darkness. And, Father, I pray that all that's done would uplift the name of Jesus Christ and glorify him. I pray that he would be the focal point of the service. I pray, Heavenly Father, that Jesus Christ would would get really, really big. And I pray that we would forget about all the other things right now going in our mind. And I pray that we would concentrate. Father, help us. Hide us behind that cross. We pray for your unction, your blessing. We ask these things in Jesus' precious name. And for his sake we pray. And all God's people said, amen. We find here in Genesis chapter 19 that God has been merciful to Lot. Even though Lot didn't deserve that mercy. By the way, that's what mercy is, isn't it? Mercy is God not giving us what we do deserve. Grace is giving, God giving us what we don't deserve. So I'm thankful that I didn't just receive mercy. I'm glad that I received grace. And that's what Lot is receiving here. He is, he is receiving mercy and he's receiving grace. And this is his God-given second chance. And I'm going to be honest, church. I just kind of parked there just for a moment. I don't think I go, could go any further without saying this. Aren't you glad that God is a God of second chances? Amen. <laughs> Man, I think we got to say that. I, I, I am so glad. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know anybody sitting in this room today that hasn't needed a second chance. And just in case you're here and, and you say, not me, pastor, not me. I don't need one. Well, pray for the rest of us. Amen. Would you do that? Because, uh, boy, if I, if I could just testify for a moment, I have given God many opportunities to be disappointed with me and to give up on me. And thank God, uh, the book of Hebrews promises that he'll never leave us and he'll never forsake us. And, and thank God he's always been there when I, I had to pick myself up. And by the way, to be quite honest, it's been him that's had to pick me up quite a few times and, and dust me off. And, and I did not deserve his mercy and I did not deserve his grace. But thank God he picked me up and he dusted me off. And thank God when I confessed my sins, he forgave me of my sins and, and I was able to go again. And so thank God that God is a God of second chances. Now, uh, you say, Pastor, what's that got to do with anything? Well, it could be that there's somebody here this morning or it could be there's somebody watching my of live stream and you feel like maybe this is it for you and, and that you have fallen for the last time and failed for the last time and you say preacher there's no way that, that I could ever go forward and I want to tell you that God is a God of second chances and we're thankful for that notice this though church because this is just interesting notice what the angels say to Lot and his family this is basically their advice Whatever you do, don't stay in the plane. Now, when it says the plane, it's talking about that plane of cities. There were several different cities, Sodom and Gomorrah being two of those cities. Uh, to be quite honest with you, Zoar was also in the plane, they believe. And the angel said, don't stay in the plane, escape. Escape for thy life. And I love this. They didn't just say escape, but they told him where to escape to. And so they said, escape for thy life. And then they said, escape 
to the mountain. Look at verse 17. And it came to pass when they brought them forth abroad that he said, Escape for thy life, look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. Now you know, if you've been at Calvary any time at all, that as your pastor, I love to do word studies. And, uh, and I, I began to study this passage out, and I looked up that word mountain, and I was amazed at what I found. The word mountain, of course, we know that our Old Testament is translated from, uh, from Hebrew and Aramaic, and, uh, and the word mountain there in the Hebrew is the word har, H-A-R, and it means this, it means a promotion. you get it in a little while. I read that and I thought, wow. You know what the Lord is saying? Here's a guy that has messed everything up in his life. He has not done what God wanted him to do. He has separated from godliness. He's left his uncle Abraham. He's taken his wife and, and I, if he had any children at, at that time, took it, taken them down to a place that they knew was exceedingly wicked. And now they have begun to take on the ways of the world. And Lot has basically ruined his testimony. He's basically messed up his opportunity to serve the Lord. And all of a sudden, here comes God. And he sends these messengers knocking on Lot's door, and this is their message. God is willing to give you a promotion. <laughs> now, Lot, you don't deserve it. We know that you've messed up. We know that you have really flubbed up everything. But here is an almighty, merciful, gracious God that is willing to give you a promotion. He doesn't want you to have to waste away the rest of your life. He's given you an opportunity to separate from the filth and to separate from squandering your life and separate from wasting your days and move to a higher plane. So now follow the wording here. He doesn't just say escape, escape to the mountain. And man, if it wasn't in the word of God, we wouldn't even believe it. Would you look please at Lot's response? In verse number 18, and Lot said unto them, oh, not so, my Lord. Behold, now thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy which thou hast showed unto me. By the way, really he was showing mercy to Abraham rather than Lot. Verse, uh, verse number uh, 19, which thou hast showed uh, unto me in saving my life, and I cannot, look at this now, and I cannot escape to the mountain lest some evil take me and I die. Behold, now this city is near to flee into, and it's a little one. Oh, let me, let me escape thither. Is it not a little one? And, and, and you see, if I do this, you see, my soul shall live. That's what he said. And my soul shall live. And he talking about the angel, and he said unto him, see, I've accepted thee concerning this thing also, that I will not overthrow this city for the which thou hast spoken. Haste thee, escape thither, for I cannot do anything till thou become thither. Therefore, the name of the city was called Zoar. Now, this is, again, uh, I don't know if this is going to do anything for you, but it did amazing things for me. The word mountain there means promotion. And so God basically came to Lot, a man that had ruined his life, ruined his testimony, messed up his family, Messed up his opportunity to, to do well. And God comes to him in grace and mercy and says, Lot, 
get out of the city, escape and escape to the mountain. I'm going to give you a second chance. I'm going to give you a promotion. And Lot's response is, I can't go to the mountain. He said, let me go to Zoar. Now, again, I love to do word studies. And so the, the word mountain there means promotion, but I looked up the word Zoar, and the word Zoar means insignificance. God offered Lot promotion, and Lot chose insignificance. God said, Lot, you don't deserve it, but it's promotion time. And Lot said, basically, that's all right, Lord. I'll continue to go the direction I'm going. Lord, I appreciate your offer. I appreciate the mountain. I appreciate the promotion. But Lord, if you don't mind, I'll just keep wasting the rest of my life and squandering my opportunity at a second chance. Listen, I'm preaching this for this reason. If God is giving you an opportunity to go to the mountain, whatever you do, don't, don't settle for Zoar. And if you're here this morning and you're a born-again child of God, you say, Pastor, I'm saved. My name's written in heaven. I'm a child of the King. That's wonderful. But I want to I I say this, child of God, whatever you do, don't settle for anything less than the will of God. Make sure that you say, listen, I don't know what others are going to do. I don't know the other direction others are going to go. But I'm telling you, by the grace of God, God is offering me a promotion, and I'm going to take him up on it, and I'm not going to settle for wasting my life. I'm not going to settle for squandering my opportunity. Lord, if you want me to go to the mountain, that's exactly where I'm going to go. Now, young people, can I talk to you just a moment? Now, if you're not careful, if you're not careful, Satan will come to you. And, uh, and, and the Lord offers you promotion today. He offers you a great life. He offers you a great marriage. He offers you a wonderful family. He offers you great joy, great fulfillment, great contentment. But if you're not careful, Satan will come. And Satan will say, boy, let me tell you how great Zoar is. Let me tell you how much fun Zoar is. Let me tell you how much fun that drinking is and, and doping is and running with the wrong crowd. I'm telling you what, you've never lived anything like it. It's the greatest place you'll ever go. Zoar's the most wonderful thing you'll ever have. I'm telling you, it's a lie straight out of the pit. Uh, the devil's a liar. He's the father of lies, the Bible says. Oh, listen, this is all I'm saying today. If God gives you a second chance, take him up on it. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, but the Bible says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Listen, Calvary, this is what I'm saying. We ought to make sure that we do the perfect will of God. Now I want you to notice some things today about this passage. How about this? Number one, look at this. I want you to notice, first of all, I want you to notice Lot's doubt. Now look at verse number 19. This, this is going to help somebody. Verse 19, the Bible says, Behold now, thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life. Look at this, Calvary. Look at Lot's response. Lot said, And I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil take me, and I die. Wow, wow, wow. Lot said, I cannot. 
I looked it up. It means this. It means to be able literally or morally. In other words, Lot was saying this, I've lived in the valley so long. Morally speaking, I don't think I can make it on the mountain. Lord, you don't understand. I've ruined my life. Lord, you don't understand. I've lived with sodomites. Lord, you don't understand. My daughters have married Sodom boys there in Sodom. Lord, you don't understand. I'm, I'm a politician here in the city. The Bible says he sat in the gate. That, that means he was some type of an officer in the city of Sodom. And, and Lot says, Lord, I've lived so long and I've went so deep into the culture of Sodom and Gomorrah. Lord, I don't think I could ever live on the mountain morally. I don't think I could. Now, uh, Pastor, why are you saying that? And this is the reason, because the enemy will come to you and the enemy will remind you. By the way, he's very good at that. The enemy will remind you of how you messed up. And we have people in this room that have messed up. By the way, just in case you're wondering, we've all messed up. And the enemy will come and the enemy will say, remember that time? Remember that event? Remember that time when you did this? Remember that time when you fell? Remember that time when you stumbled? Remember that time when you backslid? Remember that time when you got away from Jesus? Remember that time? And, uh, and the devil is very good at reminding you of those times. And then he'll say something like this. Because you messed up, because you stumbled, you see, you can never go back to church. And you can never sing in the choir. And, and you can never teach a Sunday school class. And you can never play an instrument. And you can never serve in the hospitality team. And you can never work in a ministry because you messed up. Oh, I want to tell you something, my dear friend. The devil's a liar. I said the devil's a liar. I said the devil's a liar. You say, preacher, you need to calm down. It ain't time to calm down. It's time to get fired up this morning. I'm telling you how many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of church members will walk into the house of God and feel so defeated and discouraged like they can never be used again. And God offers them an opportunity. God gives them a second chance. And this is what I'm saying. Don't you settle for Zoar. Bless God. You get to the mountain. Amen. I'm glad I can tell you that there is a God who can save you from the mire and put you in the choir. He can dry you out. He can clean you up. He can straighten you up. He can pick you up. He can wash you thoroughly. He can regenerate you. He can transform you. And my dear friend, he can use you again. Yes, yes he can. A fella came to, the, to a music store. He had an old, old, beaten up violin. Scratched, dinged up, out of tune, covered in dust. And he came to the owner of the music store and he said, sir, he said, I've got, a, I've got a violin here. It's not worth much. He said, as you can tell, it's not in good shape. And he said, I just wondered if you'd just give me a little bit of money for it. That maestro took that old violin. He took a dust cloth and very gently he dusted off that old vessel. He cleaned underneath the strings. 
he got a little rosin, put some rosin on that bow. He put that thing ever so delicately under his chin and little by little he began to tune and tighten those strings. And then he took that bow and he laid that bow. Oh yes, good neighbor. He laid that bow upon the string and, and that man began to play that old dinged up, dented, scratched, what used to be dusty and dirty violin. And all of a sudden, yes, Lord, thank you, Lord. And all of a sudden, some of the most beautiful music you've ever heard in your life begin to emanate from that vessel. You say, preacher, what made the difference? I'll tell you what made the difference. That old dinged up, dented, scratched vessel got put in the hands of the master. And I'm about to take a run this morning. I'm telling you, you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I'm dinged up. I'm scratched. I'm dented. I'm dusty. I got away from God. I got out of the will of God. I, I got over into Zoar for a little while. You say, Preacher, you think there's any chance that I could ever make beautiful music again? Let me tell you something, brother. In the hand of the pastor, Maybe not. In the hand of the deacon, maybe not. In the hand of the Sunday school teacher, maybe not. But if you can somehow get in the hand of the master, amen, and let God begin to use you again. Hey, God can use you to do great things for the glory of God. Well, hallelujah. Man, what a truth. The devil's a liar. Oh, yes. We notice lots of doubt. But watch this, church. This is something. Boy, this is something. Number two, we notice Lot's demise. Now, look at verse number 20. Man, I'm having a hard time believing this if, it, if the Holy Spirit had not put it here. Verse number 20, Lot is sort of in a, an argument, if you will, with the angels. They have given him very specific instructions. Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee. Escape to the mountain. And look what our Bible says in verse number 20. And Lot says, behold now, this city, talking about Zoar, this city is what? Is, is near to flee unto and it's a little one. Oh, let me escape thither. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. Wow. You know what Lot said? This city is near. You know what Lot was saying? It'll be easier if I do it my way. You see, <laughs> uh, what you're suggesting is the mountain. Uh, that's going to take a little work. Mountains are steep. That's going to take a little climbing. I'm going to have to expend some energy to get up there. That's going to take some effort to get up there. And so what I would rather do is I would rather do it my way. And I would rather look for the easy way out. Wow. By the way, anything worth doing is not going to be easy. Somebody says, well, I would live the Christian life, but it's not easy. You're right about that. It's not easy, but it's rewarding. Anything you do in life. Hey, kids, and by the way, uh, we're getting away from this nowadays. Anything you do in life is going to be tough. 
You say, Pastor, how do you achieve success? You start at the bottom, work your way up. Now, nobody wants to do that anymore. Everybody wants to start at the top. But you start at the bottom and you, you work your way up. Now, again, uh, the Lord said, Lot, escape to the mountain. And, and, and Lot said, but Lord, here's a city right here. And it's near. It's easy. This is, this is convenient. Let me do this because it's convenient. Now, church, I'm going to tell you something. I never saw this until this morning. Can I show you something that's fresh off the press? Look at verse number 23. The Bible says the sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into what? Lot entered into Zoar, insignificance. The sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zoar. Verse 24, then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah, brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. Watch this now, verse 26. But his wife... Look back from behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. You know what I believe, Calvary, with all my heart? Had Lot obeyed and moved immediately to the mountain, it's doubtful that Mrs. Lot would have ever seen the judgment. And it's very doubtful she would have ever looked back. But because he hesitated... And because he said, but Lord, that's a lot of work. I'd rather just go right here. This is near. This is near. You're right, Lot. It's near. It's so near they could see the judgment falling. It's so near that they were very, still very close to Sodom and Gomorrah. And when God begins to rain judgment down upon Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot's wife, who wasn't very far away, began to look. And when she did, God turned her into a pillar of salt. And this is my thought. Lot, had you listened... And did what God said. Don't settle for Zoar because it's near, because it's convenient, because it's easy. If you've got to climb to save your wife, if you've got to climb to save your daughters, if you've got to climb to save your testimony, bless God, start climbing. And if you're here this morning, I'm going to tell you what, some of you better start climbing. Some of you, listen, if you're hanging out close to Zoar, let me tell you what's liable to happen. Your kids are liable to get ruined. And your marriage is, is liable to, to default. And if you stay close, too close to that. And what we better do is do what God says and just get to the mountain. What's that mean, preacher? It means we better say, Lord, we're going to do the perfect will of God. We're not going to settle for insignificance. We're not going to settle for, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. Any fruit? Oh, no. No, no fruit, but I'm a Christian. Uh, yeah, I, I prayed that prayer, uh, uh, you know, 250 years ago. I prayed that prayer and uh, been to church since? No, never been to church and hadn't read my Bible and hadn't spent any time in prayer. But, but I prayed that little prayer, you know, one, two, three, repeat after me and, and everything's all right. I'm going to heaven. Oh, what, listen, this is what I'm saying. You better get away from Zoar and say, hey, this is going to take a little energy. It's going to take a little effort, but my family is worth it. Amen. We see lots of doubt. Oh, listen, church, living for God is not the easy way, but it's so worth the struggle. John 16, 33, our Lord said it like this. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. 
We see lots of doubt. We see lots of demise. I'm done today. But look at this, Calvary. Number three, we see lots of decision. Look at verse 29. Wow. Now this goes right on with Brother Mike's song. Verse 29, and it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in the which Lot dwelt. Wow. Look at verse 30. And Lot went up out of what? Insignificance. And dwelt in the what? Mountain. And his two daughters with him, for he feared to dwell in Zoar. And he dwelt in the cave, he and his two daughters. Listen to this, church. Lot finally decides to move to the mountain. But his decision comes too late. Well, I hope you don't miss this. God offers Lot a second chance at life. And he missed it. And when he finally decides to go to the mountain, listen to this, God's offer at a second chance has evaporated. Are y'all with me? Did you know that you don't get right with God on your time? You get right with God on his time. And somebody says to God, God, tell you what I'll do. I'll get ready when I'm good and ready. Well, guess what? Be careful. Because that time slot at that second chance may evaporate. Did you know the Bible says this in Genesis chapter 6 and verse number 3? And the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with God. Man. We're done, but hear me out, Calvary. Did you know that this point is so important? Did you know that you don't get saved on your time? You get saved on his time. Did you know that Jesus said in uh, John chapter 6, I believe it is, John chapter 6, verse 44 maybe? Jesus said, no man cometh to the Father but my me. And he doesn't come except the Father draw him. Did you know if, if the Holy Spirit is working on your heart and he's saying, wow, you need to get saved. You need to get saved. You ever done this? Have you ever sat, stood back there in the invitation and the invitation was going on your heart was just. And you're holding on to that pew, you know. You know what that is? That's the Holy Ghost saying, God's knocking. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open to me, Jesus said, I'll come in, I'll sup with him. And so the Lord is knocking. But here's what happens. If we turn that away, guess what happens? The knocking stops. You say, well, when the knocking stops, I'll get saved. You don't get saved on your terms. You get saved on his. 
And so Lot eventually makes it to the mountain. By the way, y'all know the rest of that story, don't you? It's terrible. It's a terrible story. By the way, after you read past just a few verses we read this morning, Lot's story ends. It's the last time you hear of Lot, except one place we hear of him in the New Testament, but that's pretty much how Lot ended his life. Because Lot made a decision. God, you've given me the opportunity for promotion, but I'm settling for insignificance. I found a little story this week, and I thought it went along with this. It goes like this. A little boy who lived out in the country around the turn of the century had never seen a a traveling circus. And one was coming to his town on Saturday. The lad asked his father for permission to go, and his dad said that he could, providing his chores were done early. And so Saturday morning came. Chores were finished. The little boy asked his father for some money so he could go to the circus. His dad reached down in his overalls and pulled out a dollar bill. The most money the boy had ever seen at one time. Off the little wide-eyed fellow went as he approached the town. He saw people lining the streets. Peering through the line at one point, he got his first glimpse of the parade. There were animals in cages and marching bands. and Finally, a clown was seen bringing up the rear of the parade. The little boy was so excited when the clown passed, he reached in his pocket and handed him the precious dollar bill. Thinking he had seen the circus, when he had actually only seen the parade, the little boy turned around and went home. Man, I read that this week. I thought, man, that's a lot of Christians. Man, settling for the parade when you could have the whole circus. You don't have to see just animals in cages. You can see animals perform. And yet a lot of times, God's children, we settle for Zoar. When we could have promotion. I just wonder where you are today. Maybe God's speaking to your heart. Maybe God's giving you a second chance. Maybe you're here today and, and, and you say, Pastor, I've attended this church before and God's dealt with my heart, but I've never made a decision. I've never made a decision. And my dear friend, listen, you don't want that knocking to stop. You don't want to miss that opportunity. And I'll tell you what I would do if the knocking is still there. Well, I'll tell you what I'd do. I'd run down this aisle and I'd come to Christ today. You're here today. You say, Pastor, I am saved. I'm a, I'm a born-again child of God, but I sort of got, you know, I sort of got off course a little bit. And I think maybe God's given me an opportunity for promotion. Take it. Jump at it. You say, preacher, I think there's a chance maybe God's calling me to preach. What should I do? Preach. Preach. You say, well, behind this pulpit, maybe not here, but you can preach in a nursing home. You can preach in jail. You can preach in a Sunday school class. You can preach at the hospital. You can preach on the street. 
You can preach on the radio. You can preach on the internet. You say, preacher, God's given me an opportunity, an opportunity at promotion. What should I do? Jump at it. Serve. Get in there and serve God. Let's bow our heads this morning. Father, thank you for this time we've had together this morning. Lord, help us not to settle for Zoar when we can have the mountain. Lord, I believe with all my heart that you are offering the mountain to this local church. God, I pray that you'd help us to never settle for insignificance. And I know it's COVID and I know coronavirus and all these things. I know they have. I know. I know they have. And everything has sort of changed in America. But God, as for this church, may we climb the mountain. There's no time to back up. There's no time to retreat. It's no time to downsize. It's no time to cancel missionaries. It's time to take some more on. It's no time to do less. It's time to do more. It's time to serve. It's time, it's, it's time to sign up for duty. God, would you help us today to have some folks who would say, I'm not going to wait for the draft. I'm enlisting. I'm enlisting. Lord, you're not going to have to draft me to serve you. I'm enlisting today. I want to do something for God. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Real quickly, I'll ask a couple questions. Number one, with heads bowed and eyes closed, how many here this morning would say, Pastor, if I died today... I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I would go to heaven if I were to die. I've been born again. I know Christ. If you can say that without anybody looking, you just slip your hand up today as a glorious testimony. And then that wonderful? You can lower your hands. Hey, can I ask a second question? I'll make you a promise. I won't come back and get you. I've never done that. I won't embarrass you. I won't call you out. I won't try to drag you down an aisle. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. But I wonder how many are here today who would say, Brother Pope, I'm going to be honest. If I died today, I'm not 100% sure that I would go to heaven. But I want to go. Pastor, I want to go. I'm just not sure. And I want you to pray for me. I care enough to slip up my hand and let you pray for me. Is there one like that anywhere today, right now? You'd slip your hand up. Just raise it up. Let me pray for you. Is there one? Now raise it up and, and wave at me because I'll miss you. If you don't wave at me, just raise it up. Is there one? Pastor, if I died, I'm not sure that I would go to heaven. Would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? As far as I can tell, I didn't see a hand. So that leads me to believe that everybody here today is born again. So I want to ask this question. Is God giving you a second chance? You say, Pastor, I had a, an opportunity several years ago to serve the Lord, and I sort of missed that opportunity, but I feel like God has given me an opportunity again. If that's you, I'm telling you what I would do. I would get down to this altar as fast as I could. 
I wouldn't wait till we stand. I wouldn't wait till we sing. Man, I would get down to this altar and I'd say, Oh God, I'm taking you up on that promotion. I'm taking you up on that offer for a second chance. Lord, could you still use me? Could you still use me? Would you stand with us all over the house this morning? Any of our personal workers that are here, I'm going to ask you to tiptoe down to the front. Father, I pray that you'll work in this invitation. You you are already. And I'm thankful for all of these that have made their way to an old-fashioned altar. Father, we don't have time to mess around. I believe we're living in the last of the last days. Lord, I believe that we're seeing prophecy unfold right before our eyes. And if we've ever been sold out to the cause of Christ, Lord, it is that time. Lord, someone's here today. Lord, help, help that young person, that teenager, that 17, 18-year-old young lady or young man. God, help them not to settle for insignificance when they could have promotion. When you, when you use them so greatly. Father, work in this invitation. Have your way, please. And we thank you in Jesus' name.